It all started with a social media post, a tongue-in-cheek comment, and then what had to have been the most appropriate response I needed, which was to say, well, if you're ever looking for guests, I'm a writer, and here's a link to things I've done, which is how I discovered L.A. Cunningham and her amazing projects, Babies with Rabies. Go ahead and rewind that if you need to. And Sister Grimm, that's right, two amazing creations that I was lucky enough to read and, in my excitement, schedule an interview where I could sit down and talk with the amazing creator behind this and learn just a bit about some great projects in store down the road and maybe the opportunity for her and some other guests to join and tell us all about it. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Instead, Join me now for this great conversation with L.A. Cunningham. I have two fur babies. I know you have, as you refer to it, one canine child. <laughs> yes. So I'm sure you can relate to their ability to get up and move a blanket or pillow and suddenly whatever you thought was oh, somewhere. Man. I, have, I have the laziest dog. Like she'll, She's happy to go outside, but when she's in the house, she's just like, whatever. <laughs> she doesn't play with toys. She just kind of like, she, like, she, has, she has like canine depression or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um we found out because my my wife actually recently did a, a phone call for a uh animal psychic because she was just really curious that she rides horses and they had done one with one of the horses who apparently was very clear about wanting very specific things like a pizza party and also for the uh, instructor to give direction to the horse as well as to the rider the horse felt like they needed to know like what their role was and their expectations oh. and so she was like look i think we you know sure. it's like 25 30 bucks i think we should do this for fun and see what happens and we found out that my uh pitbull mix is uh a queen who believes herself a human oh. would like a queen size or at least double size bed next to ours so she can have her own bed and would request more blankets and pillows and since getting yeah. those because we figured well let's see what happens She's even lazier than before. She's even more content doing very little. And I, 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 I notice it and think to myself, that's something to aspire to. There should be a yeah. point in my life where I'm like, I need more blankets and pillows and then I'm just going to sleep more. She's like, I know they'll ki kill me, but feed me grapes. <laughs> Can you peel them? Um... Yeah, peel me, peel me and feed me grapes. <laughs> now, the fun I also part... need a palm frond. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Can I also maybe have, you know, some waving? I'll let you know what speed, faster, slower, just take my cues. Uh, got you from the top. Now, I have fur babies, but what brings us together is two things. One, uh, I think I responded to a tweet of yours. And then through it, there was like a a follow up of, oh, and if you ever need guests. And I thought, well, cool. I wonder what you do. Babies with rabies is what I came across. Now, yep. I tried to get thematic and click come out with my, you know, <laughs> nearest sort of like zombie-ish. It's a Marvel take on a zombie thing. But the arms were too tight, so I had to grab the fleece thing because I was like, this is a shirt I'm donating after this because it's nice, but no longer works. Uh, <laughs> but with the babies with rabies, I thought to myself, okay, I'll try and get thematic. And yet at the same time, there's already a lot of questions going through my mind before I read it. <laughs> Then I read it, and then there's more questions. And for anybody listening right now, they're like, okay, hold on. Babies with rabies. 
Yes, you need to. Go. So here's the fun part. I, I have two choices. We can either start with the question, where did it all come from? Or how did this start? Because you know, the, the germination is, is very different for both. Is this the, well, which question would you like us to start with? And I'll-, I'll well, I feel like they're kind of, probably have pretty similar answers. Um, I think I started writing this when my daughter was about six or so like when she started teething and stuff and we we're pumping her full of tylenol and just be like what's wrong i don't know should we drug her probably and um <laughs> and i was with my parents at the time because we were renovating our house and um yeah i think we were just like kind of joking about babies with rabies and like you, you kind of <laughs> start like i don't know you know you know when a joke just kind of escalates and all of a sudden you're and you just keep going else and you're like there's something to this. <laughs> and so you kind of just like roll with it. And I think that like, and my, my mom's actually, she does it all the time. She's like, that would make a good book. And like, I feel like 90% <laughs> of the time she's wrong, but <laughs> maybe she's right. <laughs> but she says it quite a lot. She's like, that would be so funny. You should write a book. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, but this one <laughs> was one where I'm just like, maybe. And so like, I think I started writing down some letters and we were kind of joking. And then I like, kind of set it aside but then like as I was writing other things like I'd pop into my notes app and there suddenly would be this thing and be like oh I thought of another letter and then suddenly you because because it's an ABC book and so oh I read it I, yeah, I have yeah, questions I say, about the letters the people who don't know but right like, yeah but like for um yeah all of a sudden you have like enough letters and you're like oh it's like starting to like write it turn into a book here so yeah and then it, it was like a kind of like a slow like bit of a side project and it just kind of went from there and Last year was the year where I decided, actually, I guess it was the year before I started queer with New Year. So in 2021, I started, I'd finished it and actually tried to query it because I'm like, well, there's so many of these books like Go the F to Sleep and K is for Knifeball and like T is, P is for Pterodactyl and like all these like weird little like silly books and stuff. So I'm like, well, obviously there's a market for it. So I tried like go in the traditional, like maybe some agent will want this in champion. Like no one's looking for like parody, weird gift books about rabid babies. And I'm sure it's offensive to like a good chunk of people and all that stuff. So I'm like, you know what? I still think there's something here. So I just decided to do it myself and started contacting. I went up to a Facebook children's group and kind of just like put out a post and was like, hey, like looking for an artist. And then hundreds of responses and then had to go through portfolios and stuff and managed to find myself an artist and like he was um originally he, his like style was kind of like I really liked his style but it, it wasn't for this book at all but I kind of had some more like wholesome like actual children's books idea in theory since like I don't know if that's something where if you have kids and you're a writer it's hard not to just be like oh I should write them a book <laughs> and all that stuff so I had some <laughs> ideas I was like, I'd love to keep your information for a future book, but I don't think that you're like a good fit for this one. And he's like, well, I can do different styles. Like what, what are you looking for? And I forget exactly what I, exactly what I kind of told him at the time, but I mentioned like the baby from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, um, Baby Herman, I think his name is. And then I'd mentioned, um, I, I, I went and kind of like looked for some styles that might work in Scotty Young, he's a comic book artist. Um, oh yes. <laughs> so yeah, so I reference. gave him that and he's just like, okay, yeah. So he's like, I think I could do that. And then I think from there it kind of, he gave it his own little spin and we did like a test letter and he 
did, did J for me. And I, I like, it's like, oh yeah, a few little tweaks, but we just like worked really well. And he got what I was, what my intent was. So I sent him the script and from there it went. And then last year I decided to, I don't know, last year I started the year with a, with a new baby. And um, so I'm kind of like, well, I'm going to, I'll just copyright it for like 2022 and like, sure, maybe April <laughs> and then snuck it in in December. Cause it was just like, I think, no, I suck in November. And so like, there was a lot going on and there was actually like a lot of like logistics and ordering stuff and just a ton to do. So definitely took a while, but finally got it out there. So that's the long story of how it began. <laughs> Short stories, super long. <laughs> it's a good story. And it leaves me with plenty of opportunities to follow up because as I listen to these things, I, I think to myself, wow, we answer a few questions here. For starters, this is a conversation between moms, right? You're you're a mom. Your mom is a mom. It, it's not yeah. as though this is, you know, some low life character in some seedy environment going, Hey, let's dream up something dark. It's <laughs> yeah. like you said, um, when a joke you takes on a life of its own goes too far. And yeah, I actually, it <laughs> <laughs> it's I, definitely I went too far. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the fun part. The, the place that it went to, and I've enjoyed reading it is, is something really, I mean, it's a treat for those of us who don't have kids. I can speak for myself as a, a member of that community because there's a degree of jokes that I'll see that maybe parents don't love. Like my wife and I have a favorite bumper sticker. It's the one that says, I love babies, but I can't eat a whole one. And <laughs> and it's a dark side of the humor that you just have to love it because to, we're not going to have that emotional tug of having, well, I have a child and this affects me in this way because yeah. we have fur babies. Now make it about pets and we'll become John Wick and we have no problem with that, right? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a context, but I love that with it, I, I'm also reminded of a, a comic book writer who, it was hilarious, but he began the conversation with, well, it all started with a joke. And I laughed to myself because that's the way you're beginning this conversation and thinking, yeah, I can imagine there's somebody else or maybe a few somebodies who are listening going, do I have a story for you? And it all yeah. started with a joke. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's the treat part. And then I have to laugh at the fact that there was a demand when you reached out because I'm, I'm curious, when you reached out to this Facebook group, were you clear that you were doing something in, in a bit of a horror motif with babies like and then there was this huge demand or did you just start out with I, I need um <laughs> I think was there a calling process in that in that regard so, so I gave it so, so some of the Facebook artist groups have a bit of a you'll get a high response regardless of what you post because there's people who just <laughs> want work <laughs> they don't care what it is and like lots of them like they're like cheap outsourced and like I don't want like there's artists all over the world who are fantastic but there's also artists who have like programs who can just plug things in and quickly like like not it's not AI art but they have like programs where you like just take eyes and put it on a thing and take modes and put on a thing and like like they can like just do things so quickly and like there's so there you get a whole bunch of people who I think a lot of people just apply for things hoping that you, you'll pick them, I think, which is like fair. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But there is definitely a lot of people who like, like, I was like, did you read my post when I said this? I was like, it's very, and like, I don't think I was overly specific though. Like this is a while ago now. So, so yeah, I don't think I was overly specific, but I did say it's not a children's book. It's more of like targeted towards parents and it's not cutesy. 
like but I still got like just all kinds of people so there's really quick there's a whole bunch of people who are there's people who are like very awesome but very out of my price range and there was people who were just like your style is not what I'm looking for at all so it so there was like obviously like some quick ones but you still have to go through them and the problem is is like artists all have portfolios <laughs> so it's like here's my link and you're like click on the link and then you have to go through the portfolio and then scan through it all and like see and like it's not all on like one page it's just like oh here's my covers here's my <laughs> here's my animals here's my character design so it's like it's a lot of work and I know I know like there's like this was my first one kind of like doing entirely by myself like I've I, like my illustrator ended up being a fantastically valuable resource and had connections in like the industry and stuff so like he was ended up being able to was a good partner as well but like going through and kind of like finding the vision and finding the artist like it is tedious and time consuming and there's definitely moments where you're like is this worth it and like you definitely just have to kind of keep powering through <laughs> and like you have a little bit where it's like it's a book about like rabid babies like it's probably not that worth it but like at the same time it's like like it's like it's just so silly and you're like no one's gonna read this no one's gonna care <laughs> so you definitely have those negative things where at any point you can talk yourself out of something and so yeah but it definitely took definitely took a while <laughs> i think that's important to to keep in mind too had you worked with just to to give a context had you worked with uh any companies before where maybe you were doing the writing but they already have artists like your job is just to work on on a writing task and and you don't get involved in the selection of an artist in any way because if 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 that was a comparison then that could be really um different to go from oh here we, we'll have an artist don't worry about that we'll, we'll get somebody whereas you have to go out and and do your own searching had this been so, something you'd kind of dealt with before in another context or I think at the time so when I started like looking for an artist I was working with ASAP Imagination who's an indie comic publisher and I think so I had written a script called Sister Grimm and I think I was looking, we had just, we'd started looking for an artist. Like, I think that was the same, the same year I started kind of looking for an artist as this, for this was the same year I tried finishing my script for Sister Grimm. And then we started looking for artists and we were kind of looking for artists along the way. And it was like, kind of like, it was like a slow process because we were looking for a specific style and stuff. So for that first one, so at the time, I don't think I had, just been like given an artist been like this is who your artist is whereas like now I've done like a couple of comics where you're like this is who your artist is and it's fine for sure like it's easy it's way easier when someone's like this is who you're working with and like pre-vetted them we've like gone through all their portfolio and just like yeah it's like that's sometimes that's nicer but it's tricky when you have like this really specific vision to find that person because there's so many things like there is budget to consider and then there's style but there's also just like do you can you work with this person like they can have the perfect price and they could be free and have the perfect style but if they're not nice people to work with or like don't meet deadlines or any of this stuff like doesn't matter like you're never going to get your project done if you guys are just arguing or the, the work's not getting done right so it's always there's a lot there's a lot to consider so yeah like it's it has its pros and its cons, but yeah, it's definitely doing all the work yourself is <laughs> it's, it's exhausting <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> it sounds like it. Um, I think so. 
I enjoy, you, you can do a classic introduction, but I enjoy just starting out with a little bit of conversation and then maybe moving into, like you said, what we're talking about, which is this book called Babies for Rabies that's told alphabet style, that's um, got a very lovely like rhyming and poem nature to it that <laughs> yeah. has a little bit of tongue in cheek. Um, yeah. What had you been working on, you know, Prior to this, what had been, you know, sort of your journey up to this project, if you'd like to just touch on any high points, you know, have you mentioned that you had been um, working with ASAP, had you worked with other comic companies uh, prior to this, had you been doing some other writing journeys, what, and perhaps even with comics, what yeah, was your for exposure sure. to um, comics? <laughs> so... Uh, go back to the beginning, I guess. Um, so I was never one of those people who like started writing when they're eight years old and wanted has wanted to be a writer forever. Um, when I was little, like I was definitely more in the cartoonist rage, where I was like, I think around 10, I was like, I want to be a cartoonist who's drawn animals and stuff. And then school, school, like I don't know if it's because my parents are teachers or have certain A-type personality or something, but I ended up in a very like academic route and ended up in like kind of tried doing being a pilot for a while. And then I ended up in accounting and all that stuff. So um, yeah, I went very like businessy and kind of like A-type numerical analysis or analyst kind of um, job, job route, I guess. And then um had this chance to go over to Ghana and while I was there I was doing a travel blog and it wasn't anything like official or anything it was just kind of basically like a personal blog just to kind of keep in touch with like they don't have the best where I was there wasn't the best internet connections and stuff so if I could just put a blog post I could keep people updated and then phone phone the few people that like like my partner and my parents and stuff and have a few calls with them so and then while I was doing that I got back and people like a few people were like oh I really liked your writing and stuff and I was like well thanks and then kind of just went back to my job but then it was my partner who was kind of like what if you took a few writing classes and I was just like yeah, what if I did take a few writing classes? And again, nothing, nothing serious, but like, I didn't love the accounting world. And after my trip, I like loved it even less. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I have to come back to this job. <laughs> and um, tried doing like a little kind of juggling in my nine to five to find something else. But, the, but eventually I ended up in this one course where the um, assignment was to join Twitter. <laughs> and I was just like, oh no, as I'm, I'm like late adopter to like all social media and like kicking and screaming, super reluctant. So I joined it and they're like, cause the assignment was to create an author platform and then connect with the other classmates and stuff. And then you start obviously connecting with the other people out there and find the writing community. And turns out like, once you start telling people you're a writer that you should write something <laughs> you're like oh I guess I'm telling everyone I'm an author and just like don't not really writing much like just a few personal things so I started trying to do the novelist thing like that was kind of very much like wanted to be the New York Times bestseller and go super traditional and like all that stuff and there had been some um a couple influences I guess that kind of pushed me in that direction but then once I was in the writing community Turns out writing novels isn't super easy. <laughs> so kudos to people who did it. Like I never actually have completed one. I'm, turns out I'm really good at writing like the, about the first 12,000 words of a book. And then I'm kind of like, uh-oh, <laughs> now what did I do? So I kind of like stepped back from that a bit and was writing more short stories and then kind of and found the horror community a bit because I was writing dark fantasy and then started dabbling in horror and 
I don't know. It's just a whole bunch of chance encounters. And then I ran across Paul Hayden or Hades, as most people know him now. <laughs> and um, he was um, very much into comic books and he'd written like a little silly poetry book. <laughs> and um, yeah, we were just kind of we were like, oh, we should do a project together. And he was in his nine to five. And I think at the time, I think I was had been laid off and I was pregnant. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, yeah, like maybe we could do something. And then yeah, like he um, ended up quitting his job and then started his comic book company. And again, I was mostly just on the sidelines being like, Woo, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> and then he's just like, well, what if we do this project that we we're talking about? Because we'd always kind of talked about doing this like essentially an anthology that was around one event. And then there's a whole bunch of different perspectives around this one event. And he was like, well, my comic book universe, I literally have a, an event called the event <laughs> so he's like what if we did it for this and I and at the time I was like um and by that time I was just I tried to think I think I'd had my baby and I was just like postpartum depression and like exhausted and overwhelmed I'm like absolutely not you're crazy and then like as soon as we got oh but before we'd even like got off the call I'm like okay I have an idea for the first story <laughs> so I'm just like oh shoot I think I'm in <laughs> So we like started writing that. And again, I was just like kind of doing it super slowly. And then he eventually he's just like, well, what if we just pick a release date? And then because I I think going the thinking of the whole traditional route of publishing, I thought it'd be much slower and we'd be working on this for years. And then all of a sudden he was just like, I think it was July. And he's just like, what about November? Let's do November. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what do you mean November? <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, just like panic. And then we managed to get it done. We pushed it out by like the November 30th. <laughs> we like got it out there and then like in the nick of time. And then, yeah. And again, from there, I was still, he's just like, oh, maybe you do some like more writing. And I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know. But like, and coming up with that book, um, there was a couple of stories where like it was this kind of book where we had like we each wrote eight stories and it's like these horror stories and we didn't tell anyone who wrote what but then kind of there was two stories that were kind of like the sides like um I, I feel like I is, is this just audio or is this video too no there's video too okay, I didn't video. Sorry. I'll send this like, oh, okay <laughs> so it's like I didn't check <laughs> um, so I have it here because it's like so because we made it we made it in a flip book so it has like eight stories on one side and then you flip it over so like half of it's like upside down and stuff so um yeah so let's so we did that and then two of the stories are it links the two sides because there's kind of like eight stories of misery and then eight stories of hope where it's kind of like they're all dark but eight of them are a little have happier endings and so there was like two stories that were kind of connected the two sides and then as we're writing the one and like trying to mesh up our timelines because basically like the one side's a bit of a countdown to the event and then the event happens and then it's all the chaos is like the other side and stuff and then kind of how people are saved essentially so there's one story where like when we were like trying to match, match up our stories so they all time the timeline worked out I'm like it didn't match up so I had to like delete half the story I'm like okay now what happens to this character and then we came up with a new ending and all of a sudden he got the ending and he was like this is a comic book character like this, you should write this I'm just like same same thing I'm like no it's <laughs> like what what do you mean I'm not it's like I'm not gonna do this like I've never I have no idea about comic books like I'm like I was like I watched like Ninja Turtles growing up and like Spider-Man and stuff but it wasn't a big comic book fan like I guess Garfield and Calvin and Hobbes and all that stuff counts it's like it's comics too but like not like the traditional like superhero kind of comics that I was kind of thinking of I guess but then um he's hard guys to say no to <laughs> 
have you talked to him like a little bit he's just he can convince you to do anything I feel like it's like the classic like sell sell ice to a Inuit or something kind of thing um but um yeah basically it was like yes he was like I'd been reading his comic book scripts and stuff and I'm like okay well say in theory I were to do this um what would it look like and so he originally it was gonna be a graphic novel and I started trying to follow this comic book format I'm like ah it's too like um constraining <laughs> it's like I'm stressing out over all the layouts and stuff so I just wrote this like really like rough like it's almost in a way it was almost like an outline but just like quick like do people talking here's the dialogue so like but it was like kind of a script and then I've like since then I've had to go back and kind of do all the formatting and layouts and stuff so yeah that was kind of <laughs> the, the long story of kind of ending up where I was and then like once started once I, once I was in there I was just in and then like I, we were working on a whole bunch of different projects like because we have our main continuity where we have three writers right now writing different titles and they're all kind of linked together and and it's all kind of circled around this one event but we also have another platform called the anyone world which is for other creators where they keep their own IPs and we just basically help however we can so it's basically like if you come you can come to us with a script or a finished story or an idea and we basically like like we're, we're still small like we're about two and a half years so like don't have like infinite resources and stuff and industry connections but we've made a little community and stuff and we've put out a whole bunch of titles and help people publish their books so i was basically doing a whole bunch of editing and he's and hades was like well you're basically the editor-in-chief anyways do you want the title and I'm like and again I was like not really (laughs) (laughs) there's a bit of a theme of me being like no and then like think about for a couple days and be like okay fine (laughs) or like take a few moments and like by the end of the conversation I'm like fully convinced but yeah like it's it's all just fun so yes and I'm like the editor-in-chief and just fully in there writing editing formatting like, whatever whatever marketing and just just everything just <laughs> jack of all trades admin hr lawyer <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot going on behind the scenes <laughs> i i can't wait to hear what you're gonna you know turn down next because clearly it's gonna be <laughs> interesting I'll, I'll be doing it <laughs> because you will be doing it i'm I'm not trying to say that there's a pattern, but I do notice some familiarity. No, it's in, such a pattern. The most, our most recent project that, why is it our most? No, actually, yeah, yeah. There's two, there's one that's like kind of like unannounced, but like we have like one that's like, uh, it's called Animal Tronic and it's like our second charity anthology. And basically Hades came up with bios and a storyline. And then we have nine writers and we put their names in the hat and we take turns each writing 10 pages of the same story. So this is the same thing where I'm just like, again, I think he had this idea, like when Min is pregnant with my second, and I'm like, of course I don't have time for this. Like, absolutely not. I'm not doing this. And I think that's a big part of it where it's just like, I just like <laughs> popped out a couple of kids and it's like, I don't have time for any of this stuff or, or the energy, but somehow I have like this huge fear of missing out, I guess, or something that like keeps compelling me to eventually saying yes. So yeah, I was like, got sucked back into that. So I was like doing that and oh yeah um and then um yeah it was just like we're back in it and people are writing people are writing their scripts and <laughs> and so then we have like the different artists and stuff who are um tracking like basically going to write 10 pages so every 10 pages was written going to be written by someone and drawn by a different artists and then it all comes together into one story and 
how you get to edit it and <laughs> and that's for a charity I think the charity is called free arts NYC or something I think that's the bit and it's like um it's basically helps kind of underserved youth in New York City and stuff so kind of or in the arts and stuff to help them kind of I think I think it creates like after school programs and stuff like that. I feel like I should have done a little bit more research on it, but like, <laughs> but it's basically <laughs> I should know more about this classic classic on the podcast and forgetting everything. But <laughs> it's okay. You, this is where you're saved. I just have to say one of these. Don't worry, folks. She's got me the links, and everything will be in the liner notes. Everything. And boom, there you go. And like yes. that, it's just and magic eraser. And then also worry you- about some dubbing and you could just put it over <laughs> add, add a new soundtrack <laughs> line up <laughs> just be some godzilla type at <laughs> dubbing <laughs> right so yeah but um yeah it's this like super fun project with like a whole bunch of creators and like i understand why i said no but of course i said yes because it's like working with all these great people and it's for a good cause and it's like this fun we're all telling the same story and it's a, b- a bit of chaos but like unified chaos or something like that so yeah it's an interesting controlled chaos it sounds familiar to what i've heard described once as herding cats um (laughs) which could be the first person to use that um (laughs) comment sometimes i'm original sometimes i draw from source material that many of us are familiar with it's true i wonder would be herding bees more original i don't know maybe who knows um Maybe these folks don't sting though, and then I'm not trying to put them in a bad light. <laughs> I like who people. wants to do that, right? <laughs> but I, I will make sure that we have the links to things like um, sure. <laughs> the Free Arts NYC and all that. And I, I love what you're describing about Paul Hades, Hayden, Hayden Hades. I'm not sure how you prefer that. Um, and if he listens and says, you know what, buddy, here's the way it goes, uh, maybe I can dub that too. Uh, I I do love that that feeling though of someone who will motivate you. I I work. I enjoy the stuff that I'm doing, and I'm always walking this funny line. My wife listens to more podcasts than I do because she drives and I work from home. Yeah, and I, I have this nagging voice in my head when she'll say, "I like so and so, but I have to stop listening to them because they talk too much about themselves." Like. That at some point, the guest answer leads to a story about them, which is like this, like, I want to provide a context. And yet at the same time, I'm not really trying to be the star of any conversation, especially when I invite someone on and I'm, I'm yeah. looking to hear their story. But a lot of the things you're describing are things that I've been familiar with. And actually, I would enjoy talking with you after we're done recording, because that would be a fun conversation to yeah. uh, to just sort of go through. But when you're talking about this, I'm thinking to myself a few things like, one, um, <laughs> there's this great feeling of someone who comes along and says, I have this idea and I want you. And in the process, it's it's like they're basically saying to you, I don't think you're doing enough. Here's how you can do more. Or, yeah. you know what, <laughs> you're going to write if I have to drag you kicking and screaming. And I'm grateful for that person when I'm like, okay, I've agreed to it. And now I have to do this. And I love that sense of, I have to do this. Others are counting on me. I've made a commitment. It's a lot easier than you going, or sorry, not you, but me saying, oh, okay, right now, what do I want to do with this thing that I'm doing? Okay. You know, and then go through that process of like convincing myself. Whereas, you know, when you made a commitment to others, 
it's like when it comes to doing, I love these conversations. It makes podcasting easier because I'm talking to someone else about their art and I, I've made a commitment to sharing that. And so it's so much easier to be like, look, this isn't about me. This is about you. And that's where the fun starts. So when you're committing to a group and you know that they're relying on you and someone comes along and says, hey, I want you to do this thing. And it it snowballs because yeah, of them. Yeah. You know that, that, you know, they're starting a spark and you're looking going, I wonder what's going to happen. And a little bit later, you look back and go, how much did they know? <laughs> how much did you know when you did this is this a master yeah. plan is there like a 52 point <laughs> bulletin that's like you know tracks the trajectory you actually knew within a day of when I would agree to and when you pitch me and because it, it feels like once you were able to like you know know that you were doing this and start showing the work that you're putting in it's like Paul just sort of said and I'm saying his name like I know him but um, <laughs> that's fine he's, he's a friendly guy you can call him by Paul or Hades <laughs> okay because if I get to call him just Hades that's going to be a lot more Go fun for it. Maybe, Hades, you know what I'm Hades doing is it. what he goes I knew him as Paul before before the Hades nickname appeared so it's I have like the I revert back to the original thing but I mostly <laughs> did I mostly try to just call him Hades now so I have that's, an opportunity to use it for the entire yeah, conversation. go for it yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so when you have someone like Hades who comes along and propels you and then just keeps providing it's like you've got a spark you've got a little kindling and then they just keep adding the wood and you're like guy we person hello we have a fire going it's you know now we got to maintain this thing with all this stuff and it's like yeah editor-in-chief okay and you know they're basically sort of propelling you along and it's got to be a wonderful gift yeah I can only imagine that if you were to like have a conversation with yourself a week before this all started if you know what you could say what you could sort of like this thing's gonna happen and then this is what's gonna happen you might not believe me but this is all could do you think you would believe yourself if future you came back and said hey in 36 hours you're going to get a phone call or you're going to have a chat <laughs> or something's going to happen or even more interesting you know a, a joke's going to go too far whatever it might be like how real does it seem now looking back and and what would that past self say to that question or that answer oh man like like everything feels fake <laughs> to be fair it's just like like I know recently like so I had like my third comic book came out with like my name on it and I think that that was kind of I had that realization it's like I've got three comic books out with my name on it is like maybe I'm like starting to feel a little bit like a comic book writer because <laughs> the first one you like hold it and you're like who wrote this <laughs> like who wrote this and put my name on it like it doesn't feel real and like a lot of it like has this weird mixture of like when you hold it in your hands it's something about that like cements it a little bit more but not like there's a couple of them I haven't got yet because like like Hades is over in the UK and so I get I kind of get the books in batches and stuff like especially like before a con or something it's just like okay here's all the stuff you need <laughs> we're selling this time so I don't don't really expect anything for a little bit but um yeah there's something to like holding it and all that's it's it's all very surreal like to think back that like that I didn't even really want to be a writer like growing up or something and then even like I went into this whole thing like I'm gonna write a novel and then all of a sudden I'm like the fact that I ended up in comic books and like never really was big into comic books like it's like 
it's hard to explain to people how I ended up here and they're like well like did you always want to be it like who's your favorite comic book I'm like like I can like I can but now I can like name a few names and artists and stuff at the time I'm like oh don't know anybody <laughs> I'm like Stan who's Lee? my influences <laughs> yeah uh... I know of Stan Lee I think I think when I think when I started this that was probably potentially the only name I knew that stuck in my head <laughs> and now like I know a few artists and a few writers and stuff like that but there's there's obviously like tons and then with the whole indie world and stuff like it's you can't keep track of everybody so like it, it's definitely like being in comics like my imposter flared syndrome like flared up like mad like like worse than like anywhere else where I'm just like uh, it just didn't at the, especially at the beginning it like felt like I was just like I shouldn't be here but like everyone was super welcoming and one of the things I get a kick out of is that so many different things about who we are, they, they, they're a part of these things that come out in our, in our art, in our craft. And I, I love having these conversations because it's the craft side that really just sort of, that's the thing that I enjoy the most. Like that's where I really get sucked in. That's where I just sort of start babbling. And I'm just kind of like, this is so much fun. Who isn't having this money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and with that, I love the idea of thinking about different things like genre, because we're talking about horror and you at some point found where that was enjoyable or fun, whether it was viewing, whether it was, uh, you know, exploring it in writing. Can you tell me just a little bit about, you know, when horror came into your life, which is a fun word to say, because sometimes I'm worried I'm mispronouncing it and I'm saying a, a naughty word, but you know, in the process, <laughs> I'm like, super word. into horrors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, so and then people 18, are like, Hey, my uncle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Seth, this is a really inappropriate conversation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to think about um, context and maybe maybe do some, I don't know. Have you thought about elocution? Uh, anyways. Um, with that, mm -hmm. you 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 enjoy the genre. Has you have you always enjoyed the genre? Is it something that you recently got into, or you know, were you that kid sneaking into horror movies? Or um, I don't know. It's it's kind of like a weird roundabout way because like I still feel like I'm very much like 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 dark fantasy. I think was always kind of it. Like the um, like things with like a little bit of creepy vibe, but like magic. I was like always a big fan of. Like I was always like waiting for that like that 16th birthday where you're like there are your powers now you have this destiny <laughs> like as a big like Buffy fan and like that was like what I was just like maybe maybe one day I'll be bestowed all these powers and all that stuff so I think that was kind of like where my dark fantasy thing just being magic seemed awesome and stuff but like I wasn't like super into horror like I used to get really bad nightmares and still can sometimes if I like <laughs> depending on what I watch and stuff so like but I, I don't know I just kind of always liked that creepy vibe and then I used to enjoy I used to kind of enjoy horror movies like I was really like big into like Final Destination like kind of more like the creepy ones and like not so much like the slasher things as much but like more of like the mind the mind games one and then like um yeah for a while I was like into it but still like not good at watching them because like I hate jump scares and I still really hate horror movies for that I think it to me it just feels cheap like I'd rather like the slow build up and stuff and like I don't want to be scared because like 
they threw out a whole bunch of like intense music and a broom fell like that seems so cheap to me <laughs> so but I, I don't like that I don't I don't like screaming at the tv and stuff but um yeah I think that like I was like really like the idea of the I remember the ring like really stuck out for me like watching that in theaters and stuff like it's just like the girl like slowly crawling across and like I was big into that and then the grudge and then I started watching like the saw movies and then I think like again like the idea was good but then it just started turning into torture porn so I think I kind of like really fell out of horror for a while because I'm just like I don't want this and there's a few things like I seem to always the one exception is seems to be zombies for some reason my brain doesn't think that's horror <laughs> so I'm always something about zombies I find like a little intriguing so I think that I can convince myself to watch them even though a lot of them are terrifying <laughs> and then something about like space horror for some reason that seems to be the other <laughs> creepy exception that my brain's like maybe we watch this and it won't be and it'll be fine or whatever so but yeah like movie wise I'm not a big horror fan like anymore I've like kind of tried watching it although I say that I've recently gotten very into horror comedy which is like I've decided that might be like my current favorite genre like like the Dale and Tucker versus evil and I just recently finally watched the evil deads and stuff like that like that stuff's fun <laughs> a little like campy and hokey at some places but I don't know it's just stuff like that's like silly and stuff but yeah horror like writing wise I used like at most I was reading like goosebumps like same thing I never like really read a lot of horror books like more dark fantasy and then it was really just um I made a connection with this guy on Twitter who had started this horror podcast and he was just like you should write something and I'm just like mm, I guess because he's like and then I started writing something but they had these like very strict rules where it's like it has to be first person <laughs> very strict there's like three rules it had to be first person <laughs> um I think it had to be past tense and the main character had to die so those are like the three things so I kept writing all these stories I'm like oh but this story wants to be third person oh this story wants to be present tense I'm like ah it's the secondary character that should die though so like I kept writing all these horror stories like short horror stories but by then I'd like fully started writing horror and then then I ended up writing that the anthology with Hades and that's kind of stuck and then like Sister Grimm is like um it's it's like probably more dark fantasy to be fair like like it, it'll it'll have like some horrorish parts and stuff but like I think because she's like kind of she's half grim reaper and stuff that like to me it's feels more dark fantasy in my head a little bit but we'll see <laughs> we'll see how it goes so yeah that's kind of like yeah the horror my, my relationship with horror is weird because like I sometimes don't like it and sometimes do and it's a very like complicated genre <laughs> I completely understand. I, I, I like what you're mentioning about the idea of maybe falling more on the uh, suspense horror than the gore yeah, like the psychological kind of horror stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Seven <laughs> will always be one of those movies that to me feels like a psychological horror movie. You know, it feels like this like constant weight on yourself of like, this is a real person doing real stuff in a real city. And no one can stop, you know, and it's it's mean, <laughs> like all of it just feels like very intentionally mean uh, certain things that, you know, and I, I did enjoy the ring. I remember that one did make an interesting impression. And yeah, there's there's certain ones that that fall into like the horror genre. And I think to myself, uh, is it though, like the space uh, Prometheus, maybe or Sunshine or a few others like that, where I'm like, yeah, maybe it is. But 
maybe it's space. Maybe that's why Alien Aliens is. Yeah, is maybe more... space is just always scary. <laughs> right. It's it's you're already space terrified. Space is a concept. Is terrifying. <laughs> right. So it's then like, space okay. monsters. What well, you know? I mean, hey, we're just doubling down. Yeah. Um, I, I well, do want to have some. <laughs> what was that? I was gonna say, like, I, in general, like so many genres. Like, I feel like so many people try and slot. Like, there's always the Star Wars. Like, who is it? Sci-fi? Is it fantasy? I'm like things can be two things. <laughs> I feel like that's same with same with sci-fi. Like a lot of sci-fi, especially alien stuff, like seems to, it's like aliens, like horror, it seems to have like horror, scarier vibes. That's what I'm trying to say. And then like, but it's like, it can be both. <laughs> like, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like you pointed out also with the uh, the Evil Dead examples. I mean, the first time I came across that, I, I laughed to myself. I was like, this is hilarious. I can't believe you get to do this, you know, parody comedy with horror. And it, it can feel a little spooky, but also it can be that much fun. And I think that's yeah. maybe the answer to the Star Wars question. I don't know. Is it fun? Because fantasy or sci-fi, can it just be a really good time? <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think that's the general like, oh, what genre it is. Like, who cares? <laughs> it's just like, did you enjoy it? Were you entertained? <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> like, I guess I guess it's nice for like if you want to read a whole bunch. Like, I know I went through this big dystopian phase in reading room. Like, I want to read every dystopian post-apocalyptic book there is, and was like going through them all. So, like, I guess that's instantly instantly a hypocrite about genre doesn't matter but i don't know <laughs> <laughs> there's the things we try and defend the other ones that were like yeah give me some time maybe i'll prove it <laughs> yeah. you know some point i'm just gonna I, argue with myself for a while i don't need other people <laughs> to do it for me <laughs> exactly and i can't tell you when it's going to be over so just keep checking back well yeah <laughs> maybe i'll have an update one of the things that I do want to dig into some of the content, because I think there's so much fun that I would love to just sort of give people a sneak peek to. Uh, first off, with Babies with Rabies, the fact that you're doing it alphabetically, uh, that you're doing it with a bit of tongue in cheek. I was I was wondering, um, do you or others have they expressed a favorite letter? Like, was there one that was just after it was all said and done? You're like, man, always makes me smile always makes me laugh always gives me that thing in the chest is there is there a favorite letter or they are they all your babies can you not differentiate between them they're all beautiful well I know like at the cons I always like we I have like one like display book where I try try to remember remember not to let people take it because I have the spines cracked open at the letter J and it's because it's like J is for jugular ripped cream clean from your throat a fatal attack so make sure to take note <laughs> <laughs> so that one and that was the one I originally sent to the artist so obviously there's something about that one that kind of like sticks with me and then I've had people say different things and depends on the art like I know um recently like one of my friends he uh said you as his favorite because like you have all these rhyming things and you completely like it's just like you is for whatever so he's just like i love that <laughs> like caught me off guard so yeah i don't know that was they're all be... they're all fun <laughs> 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 that was gonna be something i was gonna bring up i have a few favorites and it it sounds like you might have most of them memorized or is it possible? maybe you could, you could test me <laughs> That that let's have a little fun. I, I don't know shall if I could we? just sit here and like rail them off, but okay. <laughs> try. What about S's for shots? Oh instant instant fail. <laughs> um S's for shots. Make sure you're up to date. 
Um, something, something. <laughs> there is a worse thing. I Actually, <laughs> I have it open. Needles are scary, but there is a Needles worse thing. Scary. Yes, of course. That's what it says. That's exactly <laughs> what I just said. <laughs> Look at me. No problem. Perfectly memorized. My there was an internet hiccup. Memory. I was just here to help out with that dubbing. And <laughs> so I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that little touch because I felt like it was it was also having a bit of a moment where you can, you know, tell a funny story, but also enjoy just maybe that tiniest bit of social commentary or just sort of like there's worse things than a shot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, that's like, it's not actually like, I would never just be like, you should use this book for advice, but there actually are like teething rings are useful. Like, <laughs> like not for necessarily babies, but like rabies shots help protect you against rabies. <laughs> like, there's, there's some little tidbits of useful information. <laughs> and like, Babies are rabid, like everyone knows that. We definitely need to put this in the education category. I don't know where it's (laughs) listed, but you need to include that as part of your Yeah, I've had it under satire, but I should prefer what I just had it under. I just have on my own (laughs) website. (laughs) But um, I should just, yeah, just put it in textbook health and health and wellness. (laughs) Now we've also got to hospitals. Here, I think it's really going to pick the kids up. Um, it'd be great. Uh, and I'd love to come do a reading. How does that sound? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, me- I'll memorize it. <laughs> Just go for memory. So you've also... <laughs> this is all going to go fine, I promise. Everything's going to be great. Really. Who needs to prepare? Not me. <laughs> Trust me, right? I mean, look at this yeah. face. Um... I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> right. You've also got M for montage, which had to be something that I, you know, I chuckled at because it feels like it's become almost like a requirement to a certain degree with certain things. Like you have a montage. You should maybe talk about a montage. I don't, I don't know, but montage, because you need the music and the, the, you know, we can get through a lot of, (laughs) was that, was that when easy? Did it just sort of like M montage and you were there or did, Anything get involved with the development of that? (laughs) So have you ever saw my like original descriptions of this? There's a lot of like 80s movies references and 90s movies. So like it was originally like when I sent this to the artist, I was like, think Rocky, like ideally they're punching like a bet, like a frozen cow hanging from its meat hook or whatever (laughs) doing push-ups and stuff like that and then obviously like he changed it so it's like a little more (laughs) on theme and not so much just punching a cow (laughs) like all that stuff so yeah like there was originally like I know Q originally I had um, a Jurassic Park reference and like so everything was like all these like rabid babies and then he sent me this like he sent me these concepts for them originally just kind of rough sketches and they're just I think giant baby and there's just two people hiding behind like a little truck like in Jurassic Park and I'm like okay so I like this but I don't think it fits with actually the story I'm like I went too far I went too far with this concept so we kind of (laughs) dial it back and stuff but yeah like there was a whole like montage and like I know like um oh I was trying to think that there was definitely some like other kind of like oh like um the one for Kevlar I think I think it's K I think it's the one where she's like has like her like um the commando sort of yeah like yeah and that was I'm just like I was like for this I'm like watch Arnold Schwarzenegger 
get ready in commando <laughs> just like that's what i'm going for here <laughs> so it's like a whole bunch of references minus i'm like okay here's all the pop references all the all your movie <laughs> homework <laughs> that you need to go watch and all that stuff but yeah so there's a whole bunch of like little things where like the way he drew it and stuff it's not so obvious that it's like all these movie references <laughs> but there's a lot <laughs> that are in there <laughs> and like I, I tell people that it's like like when people like the quick kind of elevator like comp pitch I'm like yeah it's like Shaun of the Dead meets Mad Max but with babies is kind of how I tell <laughs> well in the montage it works so well when they're squatting the baby bottles or fighting oh my god the artist is like I, I will fully brag about him and like toot his horn and stuff I was like I thought he did such a good job and like taking like my my ideas and turning them putting them on the page like having having the right artist is like it is invaluable <laughs> <laughs> so you've also got facts f is for facts which I love with this great little like baby diagram everything yeah. from like a you know a pentagram right yeah. uh, hostility fear speed empathy and then you have the breakdown of the baby, everything from demon haircut to a drool that induces a rabid condition, small legs for uh, scuttling and agility, which uh, these are all great descriptions for me. But <laughs> F is for facts. First, some basics to know, because the feral baby is a formidable foe. That was yes, a trick. Right. <laughs> I know that one's fun to say. <laughs> I feel very Dr. Seuss right then. Like it's very Dr. Seussian, Seussiesque. Um, <laughs> and with that, I had to chuckle did, with some of these, like with F is for facts. So did you just give them that and they, you know, the artist just sort of said, got it. Or were you always offering a suggestion that went with, because as you mentioned, you're sharing 80s and 90s material that you're referencing for some of these did you feel like you know in actually i'm just kind of curious about that whole process as i think about it you know when you were sharing this with the artist did you go through a process of first a conversation or first did you have a mock-up with references and things like that that went with this um, what can you tell me maybe using facts as an example um or how it was different? i think i so when i gave him the when i gave him like all the stuff to draw so i'd give him like the the whole script obviously so he has like the general concept because like even though each letter is its own thing I did try to kind of make it like a bit of a story so it doesn't just like it's not just random facts everywhere like it starts off where like hey this is like some things to watch out for and then some things you need to do, do and then like kind of like a bit of, of a conclusion so it's not just like spattered so like it like the idea is it tells a story but then so he has all the letters in the script and then below I did put uh, general descriptions and like some of them are a little more specific than others. And like, yeah, like, like, like the shots one, I was just like, yeah, I'd love it if like a nurse is there and like, there's like little baby zombie hands, like clawing at the glass. Like that's like what I want. And then he just took it and ran with it and like, was just really able to turn it into something. So there's definitely some that he did better than I described where it's just like, I put something this and he's like, I went with this. Let me know what you think. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> like for sure. And then there's a few little things where you'd come back and like, I'd be like, Oh, can you change this? And like, even the cover, like way back when I'm like, Oh, I'd love like basically a Dawn of the dead cover, but with like baby, like the post, like the movie poster with like, like, cause the post for people who don't know, it's like the basically just zombie silhouettes and they're kind of like, bleeding like into shadows and stuff so I'm like I love that except the baby and he's he's like eh. he's like I kind of tried he's like 
And then he ended up the the illustration for R. He's like, well, this is like what the story is. He's like, what if we just use this for the cover? You think it'll be great? And I'm just like, you're not wrong. <laughs> so I'm like, fine, we'll do that. So like, yeah, like he, I think I forget his experience. But I think he's like been in this for like 15 years or something. So he he's an artist and he's tons of experience. And sometimes you like it doesn't matter what artist you work with. So sometimes you just like, even if they're new, like. I think part of working with someone with an artist like comics or anything, you have to kind of trust that you both have good ideas and be flexible. Like you're both creators. Like it doesn't matter. Like for my comic book, I was working with like someone who it was his first comic book as well. But suddenly he he like just drew things. And there was a few things that came back. We're like, oh, I think maybe we should change this. It's not quite coming across in the panel or something. But like for the most part, he was a creator as well and like and an artist and knew how to bring the stuff to life and so there's like a lot of trust and it is it's about finding like your good comic or illustration partner I guess so yeah it's a, it's a mix and I don't know back and forth and whatever until you get it and at some point at some point you just have to be like yeah this is like good like maybe it's not your exact vision but maybe it's what it needed to be anyways so or maybe it's what works best. Like sometimes the vision doesn't always fit what you're, you know, like, oh, there's the vision and the realities. And then there's like, yeah. okay, how do we, you know, manage that expectation and also, you know, make it something that works instead of yeah. just like, hey, let's destroy everything because the vi- <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, and, that, and that was with the letter, the Jurassic Park thing. I'm like, this is so funny. I'm like, I think I'm so funny with this concept. And he, he drew it. <laughs> and he might've been humoring me at the time. And then I was just like, yeah, this doesn't make sense <laughs> and then I think that one was this I was like okay well like you and then I was just like can we try something else and I don't even know if I gave him a ton of instruction and he's like well what if we did this or whatever I'm like sure that like works great so like I don't have a vision for that anymore because it was supposed to be dinosaurs <laughs> but that doesn't make sense so I don't know <laughs> what do you got <laughs> I have one more favorite letter and it, it could be actually my absolute favorite in this entire collection it is painkillers P yeah. is for painkillers. Um, <laughs> tell me about that one, if you could. You know, did, did you already just have the idea in your head? Like, okay, I need both of them knocked out and maybe there's some needles. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I kind of pictured them being like hunted. <laughs> it's like have like the tranks, darts sticking out of them. But yeah, again, the, uh, the artist is kind of went with it. I don't remember. I'd have to look at my script to see it specifically because I have the original thing that I sent him. And then sure. it's like, yeah, this is what I like what I'm looking for. Like, because <laughs> like, like there is some I could very much see it. And there's, I feel like there's some pages where d- illustration wise, I'm like very like, okay, this is what I'm picturing. And like, they basically draw pretty much exactly what I'm picturing. And then there's somewhere a little more vague where I'm like, well, this is the concept, like, see what you can do with it. Cause you do, you kind of have to trust that they know better than you because they're artists and I pretend to draw sometimes, but I don't have, I'm not this level. <laughs> so <laughs> It's a great image. I'm just going to describe it for anybody uh, who hasn't seen it and hopefully will, which is this <laughs> image of the baby and the mom slumped over the baby. They both have needles coming out and it's almost like they were both throwing <laughs> the needles at each other and they both got stuck and then kind of collapsed over, which again, very much a Rocky moment, right? You've got Rocky and Apollo slumped over each other. Who's going to, you know, rise well, first. Here, and here. I have to wonder, there, you there go. we go. You, you nailed <laughs> that. That was it. phenomenal. 
Did I vamp well enough for you to pull that out? (laughs) Well done. Well done. Thank you. (laughs) In case the picture says a thousand words. Right. (laughs) And like, yeah, I don't mind like sharing the stuff. Like, like the, as you know, like I just have the digital version on my website for free. So people can, I don't care if people share the story, like it's out there. So it's going to be a wonderful treat and I hope plenty of people go to the liner notes, go check it out. I think it's a lot of fun. I also want to take a few minutes to talk about sister uh, Grimm because I, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I went through it. And as I did, I, I had, I had so much fun just considering a number of things and I'm just going to fire them out to you. One, yeah, I get it. to the end. And I get the character's name who we're not really introduced to the character, you know, first and last name through the story. But there's so much intrigue already that I love that that's part of the mystery. Who is this person? Uh, at the end, you do have this break, you know, brief little bio. And it's uh, Lily Connors. Now, my brain immediately goes to classic 80s movies with the last name <laughs> Connors. And I had to ask, yeah, did you want it to be Sarah accident, in some way? And you just accident. found it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not one of those people who puts a lot of thought. And again, like I just wrote the originally wrote this a short story that's kind of the prequel for this in the anthology. It was just like a bit of a throwaway story. And I'm just like, Lily Connors. <laughs> so like I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, I'm gonna spend. 44 days like researching baby names and their meanings and <laughs> no so problem I went to Terminator that Sarah was the Kana's first thing that happened in my brain I was like yeah. Terminator I, I no maybe I'll ask <laughs> yeah it, it, I have a little bit of I'm like do I regret that I chose Connors like just, actually just because of that because I was like are people making Sarah Connors <laughs> apparently there but I actually don't know if that's bad or good so whatever roll with it <laughs> yeah let it be you know I mean one of the worst things that can happen I, I really doubt that you're gonna get a phone call from Cameron or somebody else who's like we need to talk this is too close. <laughs> yeah I, yeah I, I have Only- a lawyer one person in the history of the world has the last name Connors. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it's not your character. Okay. (laughs) Okay. We'll do a name change. New identity. I don't know. Um, I'm going to point out some things that, that I think are going to be fun for readers to know about, and I'm going to let you fill in as you feel appropriate and leave as mysterious as necessary, because (laughs) why not? I mean, if we can control the story in some fun ways, let's (laughs) let's take advantage of that, you know, allow you to be uh, the narrator who sort of says, maybe, maybe, you know, and (laughs) and fun. So our, our, our character arrives much to the um, shock and amazement of a custodian in a morgue. And then by the time she's able to get out of her drawer, (laughs) He's gone. Mop on the floor. Bucket. And I love the fact that she seems very smart and resourceful. Like whatever that sort of unconscious to consciousness moment is, she's able to recognize where she is, that somebody was there and quickly left, potentially, and also that she doesn't want to be there when they get back. And (laughs) finds her way to get some clothes, finds a stash of lockers, right? This is going to be a facility where things like that are available. Gets dressed, gets out. Has some awkward, potentially sketchy conversations on, say, a public bus. And then, (laughs) you know, maybe a conversation in an alley. There could be a girl who could be alive or not who makes sort of like a dreamlike appearance and then seems to make a a bit more of an appearance later. 
And our character, when interacting with some people, uh, appears to have a hand of bone, and those people <laughs> do not survive that interaction, whereas others, as she even exclaims to herself at one point, you didn't die, which I can only <laughs> imagine has to be a fun thing for that person to hear yeah. as somebody runs away. <laughs> <What? you know? laughs> so um, those are where I felt some great ways for me to tease this story in, I hope, uh, a fun approach and allow you to say, sure. And maybe other times saying you have to read for yourself. So how did I do so far? <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Like there's a few things where like before the first issue came up, I was keeping some things close to my chest, but like now she's now it's out there and we actually have trading cards that says she's half Grim Reaper. So like that one's out of the bag. <laughs> so like, cause at the start I'm like, Oh yeah, she's got mysterious powers. <laughs> but uh, so that one's like out of the bag now. And then, um, Issue two is about to come out. And as actually one of the more recent or podcasts I was on, I mentioned there's a new character who arrives and like, again, like, you don't quite know what's going on, but I mentioned he's a ghost. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was out of the bag too. Those are kind of main ones. And I know like, um, so this is actually a bit of a sequel in a way. So like around the event, like in the anthology. So there's two stories and one's basically like her, it's told from her daughter's point of view and they're fleeing the city and like, her daughter's just in the back of the car in the car seat and they're going to her sister's house and then there's a story in the second one called angel of death and it's basically lily is a doctor so that explains some of your hospital knowledge <laughs> um and she's going back to london because this all takes place in the uk and she basically is having this experience with the with the physical form of death like in grim reaper form and that experience leads to this basically so like, and this happens three months after that. So that's kind of, she, and she, she does, she wakes up in a morgue and <laughs> spooks, <laughs> spooks some people. <laughs> you never want to be cleaning a morgue and have someone knock us, have something, have a corpse knock from the inside. Right. So, yeah. So that's kind of that whole idea. And then there's definitely some stuff going on with the little girl and her bone hand and <laughs> who she can okay. touch and how things work <laughs> and stuff, which <laughs> It gets it gets more explained like the the idea is that this is so like this is going to be a four issue arc so by the end of the fourth issue like a lot of questions should be answered but the idea also is that um there's gonna be some loose ends so that like we can keep it going and that's the same with all of our titles like I think we have six titles right now Eighty-five. I don't know. <laughs> um, You're not the editor. Wait, you are. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm fine. Fine. So we got we got Messiah was the original. We got Dead and Night. So Messiah is like this guy who has like these unwanted healing powers that basically like he absorbs people's injuries. Um, we have Dead and Night, which is this like vigilante medieval justice guy, but in modern day times. Um, we have OPSEC, which is basically like two government um, agents investigating paranormal events and stuff. <laughs> X-File-ish. Um, we got Sister Grimm, which is this one. Um, and we got Hole, which is a first person comic that basically takes during or takes place during the event or just shortly after. And it has some demonic occult vibes and... Then we got the points of villainy, points of virtue stuff, which is turning the anthology into some comics. And then person has, we've mentioned that that's coming out this year, which is again, more demon-esque. So there's a lot. <laughs> and then they're all kind of tied together. And like right now they're all their own storylines for the most part, but eventually the idea is that like, 
crossovers. That's the fun, fun bit of getting to write in a shared universe is that we can Easter egg some things and do some cameos and eventually do some co-writing, hopefully, and stuff if things get that far. And yeah. <laughs> I love the concept. I'm a big fan. I, I really enjoyed back in the 90s. There was a uh, comic book line called Milestone that came out. It's connected with DC and it's recently been relaunched. And that was their um, big thing that really hooked me was that there was an event and some people got powers, some people already had powers, other things happened. And the details of what the event were exactly were unclear. And that was for me a fun experience to, to consider. So I enjoy when it's approached because I feel like one of the great things about an event is it can be as big as you want it, world ending, cataclysmic. It can be, you know, as as small as, you know, a conversation or a moment that when given in context, you're like, that was the moment where if this thing had happened, everything's, you know, and you can sort of enjoy that. And I think there's a lot of fun to consider there. And I like what you're describing about the the, the fact that you're doing this with a shared universe, that you have those great Easter eggs that you get to enjoy, that you're also you know, piecing together your story with others as they connect to this event. And yeah. I'm, I'm really intrigued by the perspectives that you're talking about, whether, you know, uh, I feel with Sister Grimm, it has a bit of like, you know, the horror and the supernatural, but then the OPSEC feels like with those characters that you have a little bit of the supernatural crossing into the government. So it feels like there's a lot of great layers that there's overlapping circles that make it easy for these things to all be tied to this event really well, even just in the suggestions you're making between the types of titles and the material they're dealing with and, and the genres. I feel that there's a really thought out connection. And uh, if you want to take credit for that as the editor in chief, you're welcome <laughs> I to. I can't, I can't. <laughs> That's Hades. <laughs> okay. They, yeah, these like he had a lot of he had a lot of or he's the writer on a lot of them. Um, I think he's the writer on like three titles and right now, and um, like Sister Grimm, kind of we added her in there, and then Opsec is uh, Nem slash GW Howard and <laughs> again. <laughs> um. So here's the thing that I'm I'm getting a kick out of, and I, and. I love when an answer creates more questions because it's like <laughs> the conversations never end. <laughs> it's true. And we will have to eventually put a stop. I got stuff I have to do. You I'm sure have stuff you need to do uh, between your babies and my fur babies. It's, it's plenty, but you're talking about how you mentioned that Hades is writing three of those stories you've got yourself you've got uh you mentioned i think one other writer two yeah so just so just one right now we got um his name's david but we david. i don't he his he's like a nickname of everyone has nicknames except me i'm just laurie <laughs> like, we call him nemesis or nem that's kind of what we zone for but again like just how my official writing name is like la cunningham his official <laughs> is dw howard and stuff so yeah gotcha. he's the other one writing <laughs> do you have you noticed that it makes things a little easier or harder? The fact that you've, I mean, for one thing, I'm, I'm intrigued by the fact that it, it sounds like a lot of this started with Hades. So then there's the question of, okay, how does that influence how much of the world is already built and how much of it you're involved with the building, both you and NEM or DW, you know, with, uh, you know, are you stepping into a world that was already partially created, mostly created? Or did you play a significant role in talking about what this event was and the characters that were part of it and and how that came about? Because sometimes it can be like, hey, this is where the story was and then this is where I came in. 
or it can be pretty early that I, I was, you know, we had a conversation and just like that joke that turned into babies with rabies, this turned into this whole shared universe around an event. Yeah. Well, I think there was definitely some things that were preset. Like I could definitely say like, so, so the idea is like it takes place in London, but it's kind of like an alternate London, right? Because obviously there's like powers and it's not the exact quite exact same. And there's this big event happen that like actually hasn't happened. So there's like unless you're revealing a similar. deep secret that the rest of us don't know about, and this has secret. much greater yes. significance Government than you've been conspiracy. letting on. Oh, man. You've really just, downplayed it. <laughs> so just just randomly reminded me we actually have another title which is we have a youtube channel and we have this character called the conjecture which he's basically like an on the ground kind of conspiracy theorist but he makes youtube videos so he's kind of like breaking the fourth wall and is the connection between like the two universes of it so he's like basically creating these like <laughs> your your eyes have been blindfolded and <laughs> all this all these like suspicious things and stuff so I feel like I always forget about him because like like we made one video and then it's kind of like fallen off a little bit as we focus more on like the print title like the actual like print titles and stuff but the plans to bring him back and kind of have more like <laughs> have him on podcasts and stuff and his spewing his conspiracy theorists and blur the line between reality and fantasy and stuff like that. I would so. love to have a conversation with the conjecture. <laughs> yeah. That sounds pretty I will, rad. I so will keep that in mind. Put me but on yeah. the list. <laughs> fair, fair. So, <laughs> but yeah, but like Hades definitely like he like he has the whole idea around the event and like what happened. And like, I think, I think talking and stuff like things have like melded a little bit, like, but, but the initial concept is still there. And a lot of the characters like, um, like like the ones he writes are like his idea like opsec and sister Graham actually are i guess characters that nem and i both created and then kind of put our stories in this universe and like made sure they fit and stuff but it's still you're writing in someone like you're playing with your toys but you're playing in someone else's backyard a little bit <laughs> if that makes sense but so completely I, I wondered about the analogy and you brought it up and i'm like great okay this works perfectly in comparison <laughs> yeah yeah and you know, I'm, I'm curious too, it, has that led you to consider, I can actually put this with uh, both Sister Grimm and with the shared universe and the event, has this led to, you know, what you're looking at down the road? So you mentioned with Sister Grimm that you're talking about a four issue arc that will have loose ends that can be continued. Um, with that, do you feel that there is uh so sometimes you can see like a first episode of a show and they'll say this season, things you can expect to happen. It, yeah. <laughs> that's something where you're like, okay, you know, here's a couple of teasers for folks that, cause you've, you've already touched on a, a few things when you were answering some of my questions about what I had come across and the details that I had already shared. Is there anything else beyond that, that you would want to include? Like, well, other things you can look forward to and, you know, maybe any that lead up to those loose ends or is it enough mystery that we've got for folks? And here is they should rewind, listen to that part that we talked about again, and know that, you know, that's kind of where we're going to leave them for right now, which is okay with me. Well, so, so just in Sister Grimm or like the whole universe? So first was Sister Grimm. And then if you would like to talk about anything else about the universe, because my follow-up <laughs> to that then is, have you, has this led to you thinking, or maybe even doing more than thinking about I have new characters. I have new ideas. There's more to this event than just the titles we have. 
there could even be more on the way, more characters. Yeah. <laughs> more. So that's the setup between the two. And I'll let you dissect, answer however you choose on that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. with both Sister Grimm and then <laughs> also, think, you know, beyond. I think with like, so issue one is the only one out so far and issue two is coming out this month. And the, the issue one is very much, it's like setting up like a mood and like a vibe and creating the mystery. Like, you know, you're following Lily and this woman and you, but you don't really know what's going on. You don't, you get in little hints of stuff and like what's going on. And then like, she kind of runs into Bennett at the very end. So I feel like there's like a lot of like mystery set up and not a lot of like what the heck's actually going on. <laughs> Whereas I think in like the next issues, it's more like you really get to meet Bennett and like Lily ha finally has someone to talk to, but that she's not afraid to kill because he's already dead. So, but, so she's able to kind of explain some more things and like what she's doing. And I think as it goes on, it's kind of more of that. And like, like you're starting to read the back there and she's really just trying to figure out how to get back to her family, but she's afraid because she has these powers that she doesn't want to kill her family. <laughs> so it's a lot of that. And she doesn't know if they're alive and stuff. So it's like all kind of figuring that out. And you learn more about Bennett and like, I think the whole point is like Lily woke up in a morgue and doesn't remember the last three months. So it's leading down to figuring out like what, like what happened? Like, why does she have these powers? Like, yes, there's a story in the anthology and angel of death, but it doesn't explain how she got from there and like why she ended up with these powers and like what's going on. So like, there's a whole bunch of stuff to go. So like, yes, there's the four issue arc, but like, in theory, <laughs> I would like to be writing her stories beyond that. Like the ideas that the ideally that is what happens. Like there'll be a few loose ends to like keep carrying it on. And I've had talks with Hades and been like, oh man, like and I don't know what issues I'm like, it'll be further down the thing, but like maybe like issue like 45, like this is gonna happen or <laughs> something. Like, and of course that sounds like forever away, like for just issue two is about to come out. So it's hard to like picture that far down the road, but there's like a whole bunch of ideas and it is one of those things too where like it kind of like how in like the Marvel and the DC, DC you got like different people writing different characters like at some point like I could choose to quit writing her and like let someone else take over because I'm like oh I really want to start writing this character and right now I'm fairly like it's fairly new and I don't have plans to go off and write a whole bunch of new characters I know that like probably near the end of next year Hades and I have talked about kind of doing like co-writing a certain comic and stuff and kind of explaining some more stuff around the event. Um, but <laughs> excuse me. So I've just been cold for like three or been cold, been sick for like three months, had a cold, <laughs> various no <ones>. problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, just random coughing at bursts and stuff. But um, yeah, like there's just a whole, whole bunch going on. So it is like, and we're only so many people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a lot for people to look forward to. I know it is a lot for me. I'm already wondering when it would be fun for you, me, Hades, maybe Nemesis, <laughs> to do a little um, roundtable chat about anything else or maybe get the 360 experience. So yeah. <laughs> keeping that in mind, I would love to just sort of give folks, I mean, as I mentioned, I'll do my, you know, I'm going to include everything that I get from you for all the places they can go and include them in the links. But uh, for those who are looking for the auditory first, where, where again, can we direct them to find everything from 
Babies with Rabies, which is my introduction and, and a place I encourage everyone to start. And then, of course, they're going to be <clears throat> hungry for more. And because of that, <laughs> they will be intrigued by the things we've been talking about with this shared universe in Grim Sisters. So they'll probably want to find those things. Where can we send them to? Um, so Babies with Rabies is kind of outside of ASAP because even though we like published novels and stuff it was kind of just like a side project so that's at my personal website which is lacunningham.com and if you go there it does take you to the other like comic book website which is asapimagination.com but you can also just go directly to that one <laughs> and that has all of the main continuity and all of the issues that are out and it has all of like the stuff from the anyone world so if you're like we have like dog eaters and Bob the non-union psychic psychic the big book above and stuff like that like there's all kinds of stuff going on over there so and we got like t-shirts and all the swag and stuff so there's lots of stuff those are like the main websites and then we're all over uh, social media and stuff like ASAP imagination is pretty consistently ASAP imagination and then I'm very inconsistent across all of my stuff <laughs> so so I feel like the best place to find me is my website <laughs> maybe Twitter as well that's kind of where I spend more of my time just I don't know shit posting <laughs> so just like <laughs> so I guess yeah like at l-a-u-r-c-u-n-n and then from there just ask me where else to go <laughs> like I'm not an artist so like my Instagram's like mostly just like pictures of my artist's art <laughs> and stuff like that so making silly videos like I'm on TikTok and Instagram and <laughs> not really Facebook Facebook is I don't know <laughs> Keep can only be on so many things, right? <laughs> right, that's that's an animal for a different conversation. Yeah, um. <laughs> I'm exhausted just naming like three of them. <laughs> so we've got I the websites. Have a hive account. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, you right. have, so you have we've the got, got the websites, websites. <laughs> and we got Twitter, and anybody else can do their own sleuthing and you know searching. Yeah. And just Googling just ask, or... ask. I think I have a link tree. I'm sure. Click on that, and they'll take you places. <laughs> right. <laughs> And with that, uh, Lori, I just want to say thanks. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I knew when I saw the title that I was going to enjoy it. I knew when I read it, when you shared Sister Grimm, I knew there was so much more to explore and discover. And now that I understand the value of that story connected to the event, even more, it's like, you know, there's a trail of morsels or breadcrumbs or something that is wonderfully (laughs) enticing. And I hope that's been the experience for everyone who's watched and listened today because um, we gave plenty of teasers and then we just really went in for a great dot. And I can't thank you enough for that. There's nothing better than a wonderful conversation and (laughs) I can only provide half of that. So thank you for coming (laughs) on and talking and for making this so much fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and stop recording. We're going to talk because we're civilized human beings. (laughs) And you have all the... And (laughs) leave. Right. (laughs) Bye. Take care. Thanks for nothing. Uh, Right. Uh, We're done. I don't know why you're still here. Uh, To to paraphrase the Ferris Bueller, you're still here? Um, And and with that, (laughs) yeah, we're going to stop the recording. But, you know, civility will continue. And Thanks for listening and watching. <laughs> you have all the great ways to keep enjoying all the wonderful stories Lori has planned for you. So go check them out. Those are my words of wisdom. <laughs>